first, let me just uh, thank you for joining us online today. Uh, whether you're doing that uh, with your home group or with your family or even if you're just hunkered down by yourself. I'm so glad you're here and I just want you to know I think you have made a great decision to join us today. And here's why I say that. It's because during times like this, it's so important for us to be intentional about keeping our eyes focused on Jesus and leaning into him and the people that he's placed in our lives. In fact, the Bible talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And so what do we do? We fix our eyes, not on what is seen, not on the temporary, not on the media, not on the circumstances and the hype. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. That's God, how God is moving. Because see, since what is seen, these circumstances, these things around us, they're, they're temporary. They may not seem that way, but they are. But what is unseen, the things of God, they are eternal and they are unchanging. You know, this global pandemic obviously took the world by surprise. It, it's taken many of us by surprise. I, I will tell you, uh, just a week ago, if you would have told me this is where we would be in our community with restaurants closing, schools closing, uh, people not able to gather, I would have thought you were uh, over-exaggerating it. And yet, here we are. But look, this thing may have taken us by surprise, but I promise you it didn't take God by surprise. Before the foundation of the earth, God knew that we were going to be here in this moment going through this crisis situation. And while I don't believe that God caused this, I do know this, God is going to use it. In fact, we're already seeing how God is using this crisis situation. You know, I think it's so cool and interesting to me that months and months ago, we as a church leadership planned this uh, month-long series and emphasis called Be the Church. And see, our plan was to leverage the, that month to encourage you to not just go to church, but to be the church wherever you go. And I'm telling you now, God has taken this whole Be the Church thing to a whole nother level. Being the church wherever we go has become a daily reality for every one of us. And so today, I just want to spend a few moments just talking in a very practical sense about how to be the church in crisis. What are the things that we need to do to be the church during this situation in our community, our nation, and the world? There are five things that we have to do to be the church in a crisis. And because we are a purpose-driven church, being the church in a crisis just means living out God's purposes for the church. To just keep doing the five things that we've always done as a church. Now, obviously, we're going to have to do them a little bit differently. But the core, the heart of who we are, our purposes, what we're all about, why we as a church exist, have not changed. And so I just want to remind us of those five today. The first thing we need to do to be the church in a crisis is that we have to reach out to show the love of Jesus to others. 
We have to reach out to show the love of Jesus to the people around us. See, it's during times like these that unchurched people, people who are far from God, are desperate for hope. They're desperate for peace. They're, they're looking for something that they can hold on to, an anchor, when everything in their life is in upheaval. Well, listen, as Christ followers, we have the greatest message of hope ever, the gospel of Jesus. And I believe that the best way we can deliver that message is through our actions. In fact, notice what Paul writes to a, a small church in the village of Thessalonica. He says, the Lord's message rang out from you. Man, I love that imagery, that word picture, this gospel message. It rang out from you. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Notice what this church is known for. Notice what is ringing out from their lives. It's not how big their church is. It's not how great their worship band is or who their pastor is. It's their faith in God. It's the way they live out their faith. And that's, that's really what the peace of God is. It's this calm confidence that comes from trusting that God is in control of the details of my life. That's why it's so important for us to be the church in this crisis, to act as if we have faith. It should be what drives our conversation, the way we talk with people. It should be about our faith. It should be about the fact that we're not freaking out. We're not overwhelmed, not because of who we are, but who we are trusting in. I think it's also important how we communicate on social media all the time, but especially in times like this. I think a good filter for us with our own life world is are the things that we're saying, the things that we're posting, are they speaking peace? Are they pointing people to Jesus? Are they giving hope? Or are they just joining the white noise of the media and most of the people around us? We're going to have so many opportunities in the days ahead to be the church by reaching out with this message of hope for the people around us who are far from God. The second thing we need to do to be the church in a crisis is stay connected to each other. It's so important to stay connected to each other in the church family. Why do I say that? Because I believe one of the biggest dangers in a time of crisis, especially when this crisis causes us, us to have to be physically isolated from one another, there's a tendency for some, some of us sometimes maybe to isolate relationally, to isolate spiritually, to withdraw in fear and hunker down and, and just huddle, and that's so dangerous. We need each other to help encourage each other to, to keep looking up and keep moving forward. In fact, notice what the Bible says in Hebrews 3.13. It says, but encourage one another daily. Why? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See, it's so easy when you're cut off from others, from other believers. It, it's so easy for lies to seem like truth and the truth to seem like lies. 
Listen, physical isolation may keep us safe from this virus, but spiritual and relational isolation will make us very susceptible to the virus of fear, to anxiety, and to the lies of our enemy. You know, the Bible describes Satan, our enemy, as a roaring lion prowling around, looking for somebody, someone to devour. You know, lions hunt by separating weak individuals from the herd to cut them off. That their safety in staying connected and together. And while we can't do that as much physically as we uh, used to and as we will again on the other side of this crisis, it's so important for us to stay connected to each other in any way possible. You know, I believe Cedar Creek Church is uniquely suited as a church to deal with this specific crisis. Because doing church in small group is, is who we are. It's been a part of our DNA for over 20 years. But now, more than ever, it's critical for us to stay connected to each other. For those of you that are in home groups, stay connected with your group. I know some of the smaller groups are going to continue to meet, uh, just making some tweaks. Some groups are using uh, technology, Zoom, Facebook Live. Do whatever you got to do to stay connected. Even if it's only just touching base, checking in, taking care of each other. Hey, for those of you that are not in a home group, man, I can't think of a better time. Because right now, for the foreseeable future, it's probably the only way that you are truly going to be able to stay connected to the family at Cedar Creek Church. So you can you just use the app or the website, go on there. Click about getting connected. We can get you connected now, even though we're not gathering on Sunday mornings. We want to get you connected. Because for us to be the church in a crisis, we have to stay connected to each other. Then number three, the third thing we need to do to be the church in a crisis is that we need to keep growing spiritually. See, crises are not just important times to keep growing spiritually. I believe the crisis moments in life are some of our greatest opportunities to grow spiritually. Notice what the Bible says in 1 Peter 1.7. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It, your faith, is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. I think most of us would agree that we experience much more spiritual growth in the difficult times of life than in the easy times of life. I think I'm reminded of that old saying, we don't trust God till we have to, so sometimes God sees to it that we have to. Of course, we're not forced to do it, but we do have a choice. Times like these offer us a choice to trust God. And that's what spiritual growth is all about. Listen, I know uh, having everything shut down, schools, restaurants, not being able to, to go through your daily routine. Listen, I understand it's inconvenient. And I'm not trying to minimize the inconvenience that all of us are going through. But I also recognize that this may be a gift that God is trying to give to us. The gift of some more time, a slower pace of life. 
less ball schedules and dance schedules and work demands and all of that stuff that keeps us so busy, when we remove that, there's an opportunity to invest more time in God's Word and in prayer. Daily time in God's Word is a critical habit to grow spiritually. As you know, the number one reason why more, more of us don't do it is busy. Too many things to do. But we don't really have that excuse anymore. Most of us have a lot of time on our hands. This is a great opportunity. This is a gift from God for you to spend more time in God's Word and in prayer. And I can guarantee you this, spending more time in God's Word and less time watching the news and scrolling through Facebook will be a lot better for you. Listen, these truths in God's Word, they have been more than enough to get previous generations through much tougher times than these. I promise you, what God has for us in here is more than enough to get us through these difficult times. It's a great time to grow spiritually. If you're a parent, this is a great time for you to help your kids grow spiritually. You can do that not only in just the way you're reacting and responding around them about this crisis, but there's some great teachable moments in these days ahead. You know, as a parent, that's one of the things I know looking back that so much with my kids was caught rather than taught. And some of their greatest life lessons came through teachable moments. Look, we're surrounded by teachable moments, and that's why our Kids Creek Children's Ministry Team and our Centerpoint Student Ministry Teams have been working overtime to provide resources to you as a parent. Tools and things that you can use to leverage the time you have with your kids while they're out of school and the circumstances going on. You can access those resources through the Parent Q app. Or make sure you like the Facebook page of your campus's Kids Creek and Centerpoint Ministries. They're going to be pumping out all kinds of tools for you to use. I want to encourage you to use those because this is a great time for us individually and collectively to grow spiritually as a church. That's what it means to be the church in a crisis, to reach out to people who are far from Jesus, to stay connected to each other, to grow spiritually, and then number four, to seek out opportunities to serve others. Being the church in a crisis means seeking out opportunities to serve others. You know, clinical psychiatrists tell us that one of the best ways to get through difficult times is to help others. To get your eyes off of yourself, to get your eyes off of your problem, because the more you focus on you and your issues, the more those issues grow and control you. But you can break that cycle, taking your eyes off yourself, looking around and seeing who you can help. Look, this is not some new scientific breakthrough. This is what Jesus taught with his entire life. That's why Jesus said true life is not found in trying to save it for yourself found in giving it away to others. Abundant life comes in serving and giving your life away. It's not about you. When we stop focusing on ourselves and really start looking around to meet the needs of others, that's what it's being the church is all about. In fact, look at what uh, the Bible says in Galatians 6.10. It says, whenever you have the opportunity, 
We have to do what is good for everyone, and especially for the family of believers. Being the church means serving others, those around us in our community and all around the world, but especially serving each other in the family of God. And a crisis is a great opportunity to do that. You know, needs are increasing and they will continue to increase in the weeks ahead. We're going to see an increase inside and outside the church. Physical needs, financial needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs. And I'm telling you, God wants to use you to meet the needs of the people around you. He specifically shaped you and placed you right where you are right now in this season for such a time as this. So all I'm asking you to do is be open. Open your eyes, open your ears, look around. Look, you don't need to wait on us, the church leadership, to post opportunities for you to serve the people around you. You don't need to ask our permission. We're a see a need, meet a need kind of church. And that's what it means to be the church in a crisis. In fact, my prayer, our prayer as the leadership of Cedar Creek is that God would use this crisis and he would use our church to increase the impact of his gospel in our community. That means that those of us who call Cedar Creek Church home or a part of the Cedar Creek Church family, because of these increasing needs we're going to see, that means that we need to uh, be intentional about continuing to give consistently to the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church. While we may be in quarantine as a church, the mission and vision of our church is not in quarantine. In fact, I believe it's expanding, it's increasing, and so it's so important for us to commit to continuing to give faithfully and regularly. Now, since nearly half of us give physically through the offering baskets on Sunday morning at our campus, and since we're not able to gather like, like that right now, it's important time for us to consider giving online. And you can do that through the app, through the website. In fact, there are links right now. Whatever platform you're watching on that you can click on. And I want to encourage you to do that. Set that up. You can go ahead and set up an account using your email address. You can give as a guest. I just want to encourage you to do that. Um, I do know that in the process of online giving, you have a couple of options. You can either give with a credit or debit card, or you can use what the bank calls an ACH which is basically just using your banking routing number and account number. And I would encourage you, if you're going to sign up for online giving or if you're already signed up, to consider using that ACH method. And here's why. Because MasterCard and Visa charge fees for that service. And so if you want more of your giving, more of your sacrificial giving to go to the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church, that's the best way to do it. Now, I also know for some of you, you're not comfortable with the technology or just not comfortable giving online. That's okay. You can continue to mail in your gifts and offerings. You can drop them off at your campus's office during regular business hours. How you do it is not important, but what is important, if we're going to meet the needs and serve our community in this time of crisis, is that we are all intentional 
about giving and watching God work in and through that sacrifice. You know, a lot of pastors I've talked to are, are nervous. They're really worried about not being able to gather. And I'll tell you, I'm not. I'm not concerned, and here's why. Because I know you. I know the generosity of Cedar Creek Church over the last 25 years. And more importantly, I know who our God is. And he has promised to meet all of our needs. So I'm confident that God's going to meet the financial needs of his church and the mission and vision that he's called us to. I just want to make sure that you don't miss the opportunity during this season to be a part of it. And then finally, number five, the fifth thing we have to do to be the church in a time of crisis is to honor God with your life. To honor God. I mean, today we're worshiping together, but worshiping was never meant to be a once-a-week activity. Worship is a way of life. The way we live is our life's greatest worship song. Look what the Bible says in Romans 6, 13. It says, give yourselves completely to God. Why? For you were dead. But now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. That's worship. That's what it means to honor God with your life. And that is the heart of what it means to be the church. So as I close today, I want to take just a minute to pray. I want to pray specifically for you that are watching. I want to pray for our church, pray for our community, pray for our nation, and pray for our world. So would you join me in that? Father, right now I pray for every person joining this service, wherever they are, whoever they're with. Lord, I lift them up. I pray for their needs, those that are anxious, those that are fearful, those that are overwhelmed, those that are struggling financially, struggling emotionally, those that are feeling isolated and cut off. God, I pray that they would feel your presence and know that they are loved and they are a part of this family. Lord, I pray for our nation and our community. I pray for our leaders. Pray that you would give them wisdom and discernment. I pray for all of our public health officials I pray for those doctors and nurses and technicians that are on the front lines of this disease. Lord, I pray not only for your protection over them, but I pray for your power and strength within them. Father, I pray as we uh, continue to be the church that you would lead us to live out these purposes in some new and unique ways. Give us your creativity. Break us out of our complacency. Teach us new ways to live out our faith, to love our neighbor as an expression of our love to you. Father, I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.